Hey, plumbing professionals, when it's time to choose a water heater to install for your next job, whether it's residential or commercial, go with a product that is built to be the best. Go with a Bradford White water heater. Pros know about the superior quality and reliability you get with Bradford White. Plus, they're engineered for the pro, so they're easier to install and service. Choose Bradford White for your next water heater installation. Welcome back to the Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm John Masonbrink. I'm here with Tim Ward. He is in Las Vegas right now. It's a beautiful hotel room, I got to tell you, Tim. Viva Las Vegas. What's I miss up? you, Johnny. Last oh, time yeah. I was in Vegas, I was with you. Yeah, for sure. So what That's are you doing down there? Time. I was here for the National Hardware Show, which was last uh, started last Thursday and ended on Saturday. And then my wife gave me a hall pass for a day. Well, I say she gave me a hall pass. When she listens to this, she'll probably yell at me because I was I came back. I wound up coming back on Monday because I was planning on going to the Raiders game yesterday afternoon. Instead, that fell through. So I just said it. A sports book all day and watch football. I started watching football at 6 o'clock in the morning with Tottenham Hotspurs and finished it last night with the uh, Indianapolis defeat over San Francisco and was still up at 4.30. Yeah, so we've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, Eric is somewhere around the world. I was just at the PHCC Connect show, plumbing and heating show in Kansas City last week. It was good. Was it? it was good to get back and see people again. The week yeah, and that's before- a strong industry show for us. So you probably got to see a lot of really good friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was good to see a lot of familiar faces again. And the week before that, I was in Baltimore and uh, with actually. Our next guest Speak, was there. Yeah. Speaking of friendly faces. Holy cow. So let's bring him in. Adam Sperry from Completely Cordless. Adam, how you doing? Good. Doing very good. I got to ask you. <laughs> you fucker. Almost, almost made me miss my flight. What the hell were you doing? <laughs> I heard about this. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, um, I think it was a, it was a combination of uh nashville <laughs> and tonic and uh nashville i'm gonna call it a combination of nashville and bourbon oh we it were in baltimore was, it, it was a late night yeah i know but it was the it was the oh. four days before i got to baltimore that was dragging on me i think i went down yeah, to, i saw uh, some I of the i saw some of the yeah. pictures that when you were in nashville it looked like you were having a good time down there i did i had a very good time in uh, nashville nashville's a fun town yeah. Um, we had a good time down there and then flew straight to Baltimore. And I think I was maybe a little behind on sleep. I, I fell asleep. No, no BS. I fell asleep setting my alarm, uh, wow. for like two and a half hours later, three hours <laughs> so that I could that get was, up to make that car. It was a four o'clock, and, uh, wake up call or <laughs> be at the, be at the front of the lobby at uh, 4.00 AM. So I, yeah, yep. it was I, uh, I woke up. Uh, and finished setting my alarm that I was mid setting when I fell asleep. And, uh, it's one of them deals where you hit save and it said alarm set for like 23 hours from now. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point oh, that I realized yeah. I had missed what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what'd you think of, uh, the Baltimore trip? Was it worth the, you know, the power stack with the wall? What'd you think of that? I, I thought it was interesting. I, I think. It's definitely the future of compact battery sizes. I'm curious to see 
how the pouch style battery holds up uh, on mm -hmm. the job only because it's it's new. It's it's a new tech. The first thing that pops into a lot of people's minds, and honestly, since since I've started talking about it on social media, the number one question I get is whether or not it's going to explode like the Note Seven did. Like everybody yeah. assumes it's a it's like a cell phone battery. Like how does yeah. it do when it gets beat up? Yeah. So questions that don't have answers and won't until they get them out there and get to using them. But I think I saw that it's not the only pouch battery coming already. I'm pretty sure that I saw at the um, while you would have been in Kansas City. Yeah, um, there was another. I want to say it was in Florida. I don't know. Okay. OPE is not really my thing, uh, yeah. but it was kind okay. of an outdoor power. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there was one in Orlando last week. Yeah, and at that show, I saw somebody post uh, some content about the new steel batteries uh, that are also oh. a pouch cell. Okay. So part of that makes me wonder if that uh, you know the powers that be at Stanley Black and Decker kind of saw that coming and wanted to be the first ones out with it. Hence yeah. the kind of one day one day event in uh, in Baltimore to show it off. Hey, I got to go back and and just reintroduce you. I, I introduced you at the beginning of the show from completely cordless, but that's not the name of the company you work for. That's just your uh, Instagram handle or social media. It is it is all of my social media. So YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Yeah. So why don't you just tell the listeners what you do? You know where you work. Land of uh, land of corn and the field of dreams. That's really about all we've got. But I am uh, no, I'm a central central Iowa based. Uh, union electrician, uh, been in the uh, been in the electrical industry for the last 21 years uh, mm -hmm. since my dad got me into it way back uh, at the end of high school. And social media uh, was just kind of a, a recent venture. Had some younger apprentices uh, push me that direction. And honestly, I've been uh, I've been super blessed in that regard. It's led me to a lot of cool uh, opportunities, both with manufacturers and other you know, other tradespeople out there in that, uh, that kind of social media arena that I was completely oblivious to before and still would be if it hadn't been for a, a select group of apprentices that kind of pushed me to get out there and share some knowledge. So yeah, doesn't it kind of blow you away the response on social media and the engagement and activity on there that, you know, you're like, holy cow. I mean, this is, this is pretty cool. Both, both good and bad. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the good Instagram for the most part, I, I'm going to say is a little more positive than perhaps Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Sometimes Facebook and YouTube can get brutal mm -hmm. uh, and Instagram can too, but it, no, the, the connections that I've made with, with other, other trades people in general um, and the, the, the engagement, the questions I get, I don't know. I enjoy that part of it. I definitely do. It was something that I never realized was there. I just thought it was uh you know, like a, like a TikTok. It was just something to kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah. fill in the gaps. I don't know. Well, Adam, how do you manage your, you know, your influencer persona on your, on the social media platforms with your daily job? I mean, I, I'm guessing you can find yourself falling down a rabbit hole of comments and replies and comments and replies, but how do you manage that process on a daily, you know, your daily activities? Uh, so for the most part, I am very, it's easy for me just to 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 shut it off and and separate it. I don't. I, I definitely don't lose sight of the fact that I, I have a job, and part of that job is responsibility of other people and you know making money. So, um, job first, 
social media always comes second. What I do, I, I find myself a lot of times uh, either after work, occasionally, you know, on break uh, or something during the day. If it's if it's something important and I feel it's something that's uh, worthwhile enough that other people can learn from, then I might take a second to do that. But no, for the most part, I, I try and separate it from what I do. It, it's it's a fine line because I talk about what I do for a living a lot of times, but I want to separate it from while I'm doing it. One of the unique things I noticed about social media is the accounts that are that are are bigger, that are uh, got have a lot of engagement. These are the accounts that are what I'll call owner operators. These are self-employed people or business owners um, who have the time mm-hmm. and the availability. I mean, they they write their own check and they set their own hours, so they know sure. where their profitability line is, um, and I know where mine is. I, I maintain being profitable. And I, uh, I kind of walk that fine line between work and social media because you're right. It is, it is easy to fall down a rabbit hole, but it's, yeah, it's a- no different than when I get, when I get off work, I got to separate time for the family too. Well, that's a good point too. And, and, and being a business owner, you probably are able to discern which pictures you can post without asking. I don't know. Do you have to ask permission when you're on a job site, all that stuff that goes into it? Uh, I know there's a, guys- I know guys that work for, uh, you know, a boss that would have to probably, you know, go up the chain to see if they could post something on, on social media. So you kind of have that uh, liberty and freedom to, are we talking about America? I just said liberty and freedom, Tim. Anyway. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think I, I was trying to salute you at the same time. <laughs> no, you have the freedom to post, you know, whatever you decide, I guess, is, is best. Yeah. It, social media, I think it, it's easier for people that are in charge of their own stuff, personal accounts and business owners, especially it it is harder for me. But again, I I feel like there's a lot of valuable information out there. So as long as I can kind of walk that line between what's appropriate at work and what's valuable for people to know, uh, I do run into sites where we can't take pictures and video. Mm -hmm. I mean, every customer's got their own requirements, so uh, it is what it is. But again, I, when I stop having, uh, when I stop having information that I, I, I think people would find interesting, you know, I'll probably just take a step back. Going back to you being in Nashville for Nika, did you see any cool new products there? Was there anything that made you go, wow? Uh, yeah, there was some, some really interesting stuff there. One of the, one of the things I really liked, uh, Greenlee, um, I was down there with Greenlee, um, at their request, they, they brought me and, uh, uh another social media influencer. I know he loves that term. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Severette. Uh, Canadian. They they brought us down there. And uh, one of the things I found really interesting was their mobile bending table. Oh, the reason I found it so interesting wasn't because it was brand new. I mean, they, they have a mobile bending table mm-hmm. for their, their large 881 bender already. Um, and they took it and they just improved it in so many ways. They made it more ergonomic with the way the sleds come out. Uh, they made it so you could lock your stuff up because people were having parts and pieces of their bender stolen. And sometimes ordering just those individual parts can be a huge delay. So they they just they made so many things about that thing bender, and then at the end of it, they said, "By the way, it's going to be the same price as the other one was." And you're like, well, "That's cool, yeah, yeah." Like that's that's awesome. Not not only did you make it better, but I, it doesn't cost yeah. anybody any more. Um, so yeah, I, I was sure. I was really kind of blown away by that. Those guys were fantastic. They had a really um, not to seem biased by any stretch, but they really did have one of the nicest booths at the trade show. John and I have been to their facility up in, it's right outside Rockford, right, John? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask uh, Adam if he had ever, 
ever been up that way to uh, visit. I have Greenland. not. I have not been up that way. Well, we I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a. Yeah, I'm sure it's a really cool facility. Those guys, their their marketing team, and then their product managers are all uh, super knowledgeable. Um, I, you know, I kind of geek out about tools and stuff like that. So it's fun to pick those guys' brains. I tell them, I tell the PMs like, you know, Hey, listen, I, I'm just here to, to hear your kind of overly technical, very engineered talk. That way I can explain it to people when they ask questions and they need it, you know, in a little more day-to-day application. And it, they, they're, they did a really good job, but, uh, yeah, the Greenlee booth was great. And then, uh, the, the iToolco booth had a, had a brand new wire puller. Uh, that was cordless, so kind of right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but it cut, kind of a larger uh, version of a cordless wire puller. Um, there's a lot of them out there on the market. I use all of them. Um, I have been lucky enough to to have and use, I think, every available cordless wire puller. Uh, and now a new one's out. So that one was really exciting. Their new Canon 6K based off uh, the brand new DeWalt flexible right angle. So. Excited to yeah. see that one out there. It claims 6,000 pounds, you know, on battery power. And especially the work that we've been doing lately, we do a lot of large solar sites. And you get out in the middle of some of these arrays and you have to bring a generator. I mean, you're just, you're out in the middle of nothing. There's no power there. Are they putting a lot of solar sites in the farmlands there in Iowa? They are in central Illinois where I'm at. Yes, lots, lots and lots of yeah. them. And we're seeing a lot of businesses. And I just got done. Um, I spent some time out of town doing a community college in Northern Iowa uh, where they basically created their own, uh, they call it a microgrid system on campus Yeah. Um, to offset their own electricity. And it, it was a big system, uh, kind of yeah. a complicated tie-in. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of institutional um, and large commercial sites um, adding solar. And something like a, a cordless wire puller, you know, at one time seemed like kind of a novelty. Like, where would you ever use that? Like, everywhere I am, I... I have power where I'm pulling wire, mm-hmm. but man, not in anymore. The world we live in te- No, not anymore. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And even if you had temp power, I mean, that stuff's at a premium on the job site. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough yeah. of it. Well, are you looking forward to this weekend, your trip uh, over to Europe? I look forward to going to Europe. Uh, I've never been, never been, a, never been uh, to Europe. I've been out of the country, but only vacation type settings. I, I, mm-hmm. I would love to vacation in Europe. My wife, on the other hand, wants to vacation on nice, warm, tropical beaches. Mm-hmm. So Can't blame her. <laughs> when we go on vacation, she wins out and we end up on warm beaches. So uh, I look forward to going to Europe. I, I think it'll be fun. It's a, it's a short trip, but um, it is a short I, trip. I, I, I'm excited about it. I, I think it'll be a good time. So with Nika a few weeks ago and Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, and now the trip, how is traveling for you? What's your experience been like after things kind of have opened back up? I, maybe you've traveled all, all year, but how's your experience been with traveling? You know, it, it's been okay. Uh, it was about, I guess, exactly like I expected. I'm kind of a pessimist, so I expected, I think, maybe more problems mm-hmm. uh, than what I ran into. Uh, but honestly, I, it, my biggest headache traveling is uh, having a big beard and wearing a mask. Like it just, it's yeah. a pain, it's a, it's a pain in the butt. Um, yep. I, I like, you know, gators, but they're not allowed anymore. I, I did find some bigger masks that <laughs> fit, fit over everything and are still a mask. So, so I guess we got to get to the meat of the, the interview here. What, 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 <laughs> I, I don't even know how to pose a question. Trade wars. Can, can, <laughs> what's going on with the trade wars? Come on. 
You know, I feel like it's mostly a trade skirmish at this point. The electricians have clearly won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is like this is like the residual kind of you know, you like the, the few plumbers that can't let it go. But it, we've clearly we've clearly won already. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that even start? <laughs> I just I just follow it and I'm just like, what? This is it, it's all a good fun. But yeah. it is. It is. And I, I have I have a lot of friends that are plumbers. Um, regardless of how many people I tell that, but, uh, no, I, I, I don't know how it just starts because you, you got, we all, we all work on jobs and they get kind of hard and kind of boring, sometimes tedious. And it's fun to have somebody to mess with. Obviously plumbers are the easiest to mess with. So, you know, I think we probably started it, but then, uh, they, they give it back just as good as they get it. That's for sure. So you have a job site and let's say it's a light commercial or commercial job site. Is the electrician the first on the job, or is it the plumbing the first? Well, I guess that'd be the plumbing, right? Nope, no, I disagree. I think it's us. Okay, so in a in a commercial setting like that, I will tell you that I am their first installing mm-hmm. temporary power. I got you. Okay, temporary power comes in. Maybe the site guys are there grading. Probably footing work is started. Plumbers are very shortly after us. The difference is, I feel like plumbers get a break in there. Mm-hmm. from kind of the rough in underground to the the rough in you know the wall rough in to the trim whereas it seems like we just kind of roll right from one into another as yeah. soon as the underground's done they're pouring concrete and we're starting switch gear and permanent power and then we're the last ones out by the time we do fire alarm inspections and finals and we're gone so when so i show up to a job i very very rarely leave so there is something to when the plumbers say does an electrician know how to clean up or what a broom looks like? I mean, is that? <laughs> He's not even commenting. <laughs> I, so if, if there's if there's a mess on the job and any of it looks like it might belong to the plumber, I may or may not sweep my mess into the same pile. I may or may not add mine to theirs. If it looks oh. like plumbing mess, then I just add my mess to it. I mean, if yeah. Eric's going to sweep it up anyway, <laughs> why Why would I do it too? <laughs> oh, see, you got the facts right here. Finally, Tim, <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> I was going to no. say, Eric can't get too mad at me because then he wouldn't have anybody to ask his electrical questions to and he's trying to figure out mm-hmm. what pipes to put in. Oh, out. yeah, that's right. Well, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, Eric's so much better at giving it back to me than I am at giving it to him. So I'll yeah. take my pot shots when he's not around and uh, wait for the aftermath. So, Adam, when you're not traveling around the world and working long hours, what do you like to do for fun? What are your, some of your hobbies? Uh, you know, I like to uh, I like to do just about anything with uh, with my hands. Uh, I like to do metal work. I like to make furniture. Um, I like to do, I like to woodwork. I fix things, I turn wrenches. I just, I keep busy. I've got a 12 year old that takes after me. So we, uh, we spend a lot of time tearing stuff apart. He spends a oh, lot nice. of time tearing stuff apart. I spend most of my time putting it back together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we hang out and we build stuff. And then I, I hang out with the family. I've got a, a, a huge family. So we, we like to hang out and, uh, and have fun together as much as we can. How many Which, kids do you have? Albeit has been hard when I'm not home. I have I have five. Uh, baby girl is just at uh, a month old. 
was a month old Thursday. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's, um, like I said, it's been, it's been busy. I, I started like October was, is, uh, September, October, huge travel months. It was everywhere, Atlanta, Nashville, Baltimore, and now Europe, uh, all with, you know, a, a brand new baby at home and mom taking care of four other kids while she's at it. So she's ready for me to be back. Sounds like a Johnny Cash song, Tim. That or it sounds like Adam's bringing back something expensive for his wife. Oh. Yeah, I think probably the latter. Well, I noticed, I noticed you posted some stuff with your daddy-daughter dance this weekend that was really cute. Speaking of doing hand movements, you were doing some chicken dancing, I think. I feel like that dance was one big TikTok. It was nothing but TikTok songs and all these girls knew every dance and all these dads are just standing there watching what's happening. Um, I, I threw in the chicken dance, a, a little, a little dice roll to embarrass my daughter. But for the most part, she's she, dad doesn't embarrass her. She just has a good time and acts like a goof. As a dad with kids that are in the age and you hear about the problems with Facebook or creating a kid friendly Instagram how do you monitor social media? You just said that, you know, all they know is TikTok dances. Is that scary or do you just kind of let it roll and, you know, you hope you raise your kids the right way and <laughs> they know better? I, I'm still trying to figure out where my daughter picked them up. I, I, it's got to be a school thing. We're we're pretty tight on the social media, which <laughs> seems, seems kind of awkward because dad's on it. But <laughs> um, my, my kids, for the most part, are not on social media. Your 12-year-old sounds like he's not concerned about, you know, if he's pulling stuff apart and working on stuff, it seems like that wouldn't be his thing. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you know, he's got a couple, um, he's got a couple YouTube channels uh, that he watches that uh, mom and dad have approved uh, that are all kind of that, he likes, he likes the ones where they tear down uh, old tractors and put them back together. He likes restoration videos. Yeah, uh, sure. stuff like that. So he's got a couple of those accounts that I've watched with him, and we're like, yeah, you know, this is this is okay. Like it, I, I sometimes I think it's overly technical for him because it's above my head, but he really gets into watching them, and uh, that that stuff he has uh, as far as social media goes. He watches uh, some of that some of that YouTube content, but um, other than that, no, they're all oblivious to, uh, or at least not allowed on Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok. Cool. What are you working on now? What what what's the latest? You said uh, solar farms and solar arrays, but is that basically what you're working on these days? Or uh, for the last fifteen months, it has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are just wrapping up a two megawatt installation uh, in West Des Moines, uh, Central Iowa. All primary primary grid tie-in stuff, so it, easier for us than some of the secondary side tie-ins that tie in directly to people's electrical service. This is just a big solar area uh, tied directly into utility transformers, all primary side metering stuff. So I, I say easy, but it's been a, it's been a four and a half month project. So just about done with it. And then uh, I think we're on actually to another one uh, here getting ready over the winter and into the spring. So throughout the whole COVID shit show, you, you've been keeping relatively busy, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, actually, it worked out really well for us because we ended up on a community college campus mm-hmm. during COVID, which 
sounds like it would be a you know, a disaster, but mm-hmm. all the kids were nobody wrong. was there. Yeah, they yeah. were all. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was empty, um, and it made it really easy for us to do everything we needed to do. Like, uh, I I had a, a trip up there a week ago uh, for some more owner training uh, on that system that we finished, and it's busy. And I, I can't imagine having to do that same project with all those people there. Right. So, yeah, we've been we've been extremely lucky that COVID really hasn't affected uh, what we've been doing. Uh, same can be said about the one I'm on right now. It's a it's a complex for a banking institution uh, that normally has six thousand people wow. uh, and they're down to like eight hundred people here. So it, it makes it really easy for us to kind of get in and get around and do what we're doing without having to worry about all the people and all the traffic. How, how are you guys? uh down electricians in your neck of the woods? Or are you looking to hire a bunch more? Are you having employment issues there like they are in other parts of the country? Uh, yeah, everything is very slim, uh, especially around us. I think maybe a little more in our area, like some areas. Uh, we have a lot of data centers. Uh, and the data centers throughout COVID have stayed very busy. So you take what, what would be our normal workflow in the area, uh, and then you add data center workflow to it which brings electricians, traveling electricians into our area, which is great. Uh, but there's still not enough. There's, there's calls out uh, every day. There's always work. Um, and it's a, it's a busy time, but it, we're seeing less and less, uh, I'll say qualified apprentices, or maybe yeah. not qualified, but maybe they just don't understand exactly what they're getting into, come into the program. And I don't know. It, it the next generation, it's kind of, it's different. We're getting pretty old as, as a trade. And I think that's no different for plumbers or mechanical contractors. Electricians are the same. Like as a whole, our trade's getting pretty old. So, uh, I go on a fishing trip every year and there's a couple electricians. They're retired now, but they can fix anything on a boat or on a, you know, it's like having MacGyver with you. But anyway, uh, one of the, the guy's sons goes, and he's a young guy just out of college. He went to college for wildlife management or fisheries or something like that. Did an internship in Colorado. Very cool, very knowledgeable on fishing and wildlife and hunting and all that stuff. But I think once he got into the <laughs> the workplace and the real world, he's like, what, what am I going to do? And so his dad influenced him and, and steered him in the way of getting into the electrical trade. And now he's, he's in it, he's doing an apprenticeship and he's a couple, I think he's like a year away from, you know, being a full, fully licensed uh, electrician and he loves it. And I think he's got a great career ahead of him. It's just, you know, how do we get these people steered the right way? You know, it seems like a lot of people are, it's multi-generational or it's, we just got to steer people into the trades. I, real real quick, I was going to say that, you know, John and I, speaking of Greenlee earlier in our conversation, Greenlee does a lot. And I think man, manufacturers across all the industry sectors are, are trying to do a better job of connecting with their local training uh, organizations, be it the UA or, you know, the plumbing, pipe fitters, steam fitter, pipe and steam fitters. I mean, they're trying to do a better job of, you know, creating resources to get uh, kids in and I, you know, I applaud them for doing it. Like I said, Greenlee does a really good job with their local facility there in Rockford. So it's, it's a challenge. Though, there's no doubt. Yeah. A lot of it starts in high school or, you know, grade mm-hmm. school, middle school. It's a, 
this this drive for college, I I don't take anything away from higher education. I I went to a college, I went to University of Iowa for two years, um, and left on very good terms with half a college degree mm-hmm. and a, a bunch of money that I paid back. It starts with guidance counselors and how schools, you know, have that communication with with students. It's a it's kind of a self fulfilling college is kind of a a, a self fulfilling rite of passage, I guess. When when everybody when everybody in your in your high school um, was required to go to college, and these are the people that influence your decisions on what you're going to do with the rest of your life, I think they're going to steer you the same way. But it's getting the the information out to these kids that hey. If you like using, if you're like my son, my 12 year old, and you like using your hands and you like building things and you like seeing what you can do, there's really good careers out there that make very good money and and take care of you while they're at it. I mean, benefit packages are getting better because the workplace is getting, the number of workers is getting smaller. Uh, And, you know, outside of union labor and contract labor, uh, everybody is paying more attention to how to, how to attract workers. So not only are you making good money, but you get good benefit packages in some cases, you know, far and above what some occupations have that require a college degree. Yeah. There's a post on, well, it's all over social media and it's kind of a, a thing that people say in the trades is like, they'll, they'll drive past a building or a house and they'll point to their family. Hey, I did that. Or I worked <laughs> on that house or I'm responsible for that. But there's gotta be that feeling inside that after you accomplish something, it must make you feel awesome, you know? Oh, totally. And I, yeah. some, some, some people, some people really enjoy that and some people can take it or leave it. Yeah. So I, I get it. Trades isn't, trades work is not for everybody, but I think there's a lot of kids out there that would be very good at it that mm-hmm. don't even realize if mm-hmm. they don't have a family member in it or somebody, somebody that they know telling them about it, it just gets kind of, I don't know, kind of not, not ignored, I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better term. But I, I think I think you're right. Every every trades person, every trades dad, especially driving by that building, it's like, yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a rule. Like I think I have to. Just like every time <laughs> you pick up a drill, you gotta squeeze the trigger twice. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. You just you can't go you can't let it go without doing it. Well, I wish we had more time to talk about this because it's important. Well, maybe we'll have you on in, you know, a few months and you can tell us about your worldly travels. And your soft sand beaches and all that good stuff. But I know you got to get running. Tim's got to catch a flight back home. Anyway, Adam, thanks so much for jumping on and uh, really appreciate your time and yeah, you know, have thanks, fun. Thanks for, you know, there's been occasions over the last couple of years you've worked with us on some pro staff stuff. So thank you once again for some of the stuff you've helped us with and uh, supporting us. Hey, anything I can do. Plumbers will inevitably always need help. So I'm here for you. (laughs) Right on, buddy. All right. Well, have a safe trip and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. The Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical Up Media and produced by John Masonbrink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Masonbrink. Music presented by Jason Drum and graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening and until next week.